The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This episode of Beyond is brought to you by ForHims.com. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com. Do not underestimate the power of PlayStation. Beyond. 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 Well, wow. that was in sync. Wow. That was Beyond. Wow. Good Amazing. Uh, Second time I just did it by myself. <laughs> Hello, everyone. My name is Jonathan Dormish. I am your host for episode Beyond 562. I am joined by Max Scoville. That's a good hosting over there. Keep oh, it up. Thank you. And Brian Altano. I think you should be the host forever. Aww. You're Jonathan a great host. Vote. You're doing a good job of hosting on the show. I think you should just host. Keep Let's hosting. Let us take you. a vote right it. now. Should Jonathan keep hosting the show? Yes. As the host. Oh, yes, can I, I agree. Can I also vote? Yes. Sure, I say no. He's terrible. What? What? Yeah, he is. No, well, two to one. We win. Damn it. Fine. I will host. Okay. Before I begin actually hosting the show, a quick Quick reminder, this week's episode of Beyond and every week's episode of Beyond goes live at beyond.ign.com at 3 p.m. Pacific every week. You can catch the new episodes there, and then they're live everywhere else you're used to watching it and listening to it 24 hours later. So always make sure to come back to beyond.ign.com every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific. Well, actually, back to the show. World premiere. <laughs> Double kill. Embargo. <laughs> uh, speaking of non-embargo things, we have a lot to talk about this week, including Sony finally officially confirming that there will be another console after the PlayStation 4. And Sony confirmed that they can launch news before we record Beyond and not after. It was yeah. amazing. What a nice treat. Yeah, That's so great. this is top story today is PlayStation 5. I guess sort of yeah. So they don't, don't yeah they don't officially say anything about the name of what the successor will be. Uh, Sony CEO Kenichiro Yoshida said to the Financial Times, "At this point, what I can say is it's necessary to have a next generation hardware." Shock of all shocks. Uh, in addition yeah. to that, he also told the Financial Times that this theoretical upcoming console that they are at some point making and will or will not release, uh, it might not represent a major departure from the PS4 and that the fundamental architecture would be similar. So, Max, you and I talked about this on a conversation you can watch on IGN.com, but there's a lot to unpack here, even though they said very little about mm -hmm. the PlayStation 5, the PlayStation successor. It's nice for them to actually just be open about it, in my opinion, especially with Xbox so clearly referencing Scarlet, and well, we're they, seeing things with games being announced for new yes. platforms. Xbox, Xbox announced that, or they just casually dropped it. Yeah, Project Scarlet is the next thing. Yeah. That was, what, E3 this At year? At E3, yeah. Okay, yeah, so... You know, we're getting to that part of the, the console life cycle where they're looking ahead to the next 
console. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, that shouldn't be a surprise. Um, it, this is funny. I mean, the fact that we even need this kind of confirmation that they are working on this thing. Like, it's always been, you know, part of the plan to make another PlayStation. You know, if they make four of something, they're probably going to make a fifth one. That's just how that works. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it, it does kind of tell us where we're at in terms of this. Yeah, this. I mean, it seems like the most obvious thing in the world to say, right? But I'm actually glad they're saying it because um, I think there is still to this day a lot of speculation about what will next generation hardware be like? Will next ge generation hardware even exist? You know, we, we're it, this is the same week we've heard stories about like more Xbox cloud computing stuff and um, being able to stream to tablet devices and play Halo on your phone and all this other stuff. Google now lets you, they're running a beta sort of on a Chrome in browser streaming service right. that lets you play Assassin's Creed Odyssey in Chrome. Yeah, yeah, yeah which is awesome and then you have Nintendo who's sort of like we have a handheld and a console and they're a hybrid and then there's Sony kind of just saying we're making a new console and it's going to kind of be like the old one so expect more of that which you know is not groundbreaking news, but in many ways, it's incredibly reassuring. It means that we're going to get a PlayStation 5. I don't imagine them breaking a naming convention on that, which again is kind of comforting to just yeah. know, like we don't have to go like what will it be called? Will it be the Orbis or <laughs> well, the, no, with the Dolphin? Morpheus. Dude, with yeah. PlayStation Five is going to be PlayStation V. No, Ooh, why not? Because like Battlefield they V. They're not going to just start Roman numerals now. They could. No, it'll be like a, it'll just be a PS Five. We actually did an That's SEO great. check before, and already there's SEO value in PS Five, the numeral. So mm -hmm. yeah, it'd be a big miss. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think it is interesting to look at the idea of how we see, saw PlayStation, especially with the PS Three generation into PS Four. They made a lot of missteps that they worked to fix with the PS Three generation. Yeah. But uh, Max, you and I talked about this before the show, but also just like having a different internal architecture than everyone else to deal with and mm -hmm. how that put them in a different place than with Xbox and even with Nintendo. And so I feel like they'll probably learn from these mistakes going forward. What do you guys think to see what we will likely see with um, this hardware? Backwards compatibility right out, right out the gate, I yeah. think is something that has been a huge... I won't say like a huge loss for them because ultimately if you look up at the stats of the people who actually appreciate and utilize backwards compatibility as an option on their consoles. Um, it's not many. Like people like it's one of those things where people like having it there, but they don't usually they don't usually use it. It's like a weird thing on your spice rack that you're like, well, we that can't be empty, but we've got to have a melon baller. Exactly. <laughs> you know? uh, no, I think it's it, it obviously there is that nostalgia nostalgia value. I think that to have the option to go back to be like, I want to play a game from 25 years ago just yeah. to be to jump in there 20 years ago, whatever. Um, but I think, yeah, the PS3 to PS4 was kind of tricky with that. And and I don't know if this is going to be a, a game where, or a console where if you, first of all, is it going to even have a disk drive? That's another one. Is it going to be physical media? I imagine yes. they'll still have that. But are, if, can you put a PS3 game in there and will it play it? I mean, that kind of remains to be seen. Yeah. Uh, but if there's some proper actual alternative that lets you play every previous PlayStation game, that would be a pretty good kind of selling point out the gate. I would be yeah. shocked if that happened. I will say with 100% confidence that it will definitely be able to play PS4 games based on nothing but my own hopes. Um, uh, well, the, even the quote saying it's going to be pretty similar to the PS4 yeah. in, in general, obviously, to me, that's the weird thing about this generation because you see the PlayStation 4 and we had these half steps with the One X and the PS4 Pro mm -hmm. that kept everything within the same console generation family, but it is now something new, but it's not new. And so I'm curious to see how much of a departure we really get. Yeah, and we've seen both of those systems um, effectively give a boost to the first 
three, four years of, of, of software. Uh, when you look at ba basically the launch games of PS4 and, and beyond and, and later and beyond, um, the PS4 Pro was able to sort of give that uh, not so insignificant boost to, in, in terms of like graphics or performance and stuff like that. And then we saw uh, teams like, you know, behind The Witcher 3 go, uh, hey, we're going we're gonna to add like this sort of performance mode to it. We're going to add, you know, pro capabilities and stuff. So I think watching that grow would be, will be essential for PS5. I would like to see a bunch of stuff that we're playing right now look even better next time around. Um, I don't really know what next generation means. Uh, this one, I'd like to say that it was effectively a more unified online in infrastructure. Like back in the day, it was so much easier to quantify. You'd be like more more pixels, you know, more bits, more characters on screen. Um, with the N64 and the PlayStation, it was like 3D games and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, nowadays, I don't know like what is what is the PS4 doing. I think it's just it's it's handling so much well and integrating them all together. I think stuff like um, suspend mode that you know being able to like hit the home button and walk away for a week and come back and pick it up and keep playing Bloodborne was really cool. There were so many just little quality of life improvements yes. for PS4 versus you know previous generations, uh, and it's. Again, like they they got it really right. Yep. It's not there's they didn't you know if it ain't broke don't fix it. Like yeah. There's not a whole lot to do here, and I think a lot of people when they hear PlayStation Five, like what are you gonna have there? And a lot of people are like, oh, make it like the Switch, make it uh, PlayStation Four is uh, PlayStation VR is built in, uh, make it backwards compatible with everything. But it's like no, like don't don't shake it up that much. Like do something that's kind of like a, a competent and confident step forward that you know, takes things that are familiar and, and, you know, refines them and iterates on them. I, I do think we'll continue to see this um, now, you know, ex extreme, extremely vertical arms race between Microsoft and Sony in terms of who has the best graphics, who has the best X, Y, and Z. Uh, they are, they will constantly be going probably until we're all dead, tit for tat for, we have the most powerful next gen console on the planet, which is something Microsoft can say right now. Um, with confidence. And they do quite a bit. And they do yeah, quite a bit, as, as they should, yeah. because they've earned that, right? And I think a lot of people look at uh, sort of what the, what the pro is capable of and then in what what the what what the one x is capable of and ultimately that funnels down to uh, exclusives. And so I, I'm not just biased in the show. I think most would agree that Sony has better exclusives than Microsoft and Microsoft's really stumbled with this, this gen. Uh, if you look at uh, E3 this year, their entire... Uh, conversation was effectively we are swooping up studios. You will see the fruits of those trees bear in five, ten years, maybe. Who knows? It could, three years, four years. Um, but right now, Sony has a bunch of awesome studios. They're all firing on all cylinders, and we'll continue to see those things go. So I imagine they'll make an incredibly powerful system. I don't think they'll do what Nintendo's done, which is totally sidestep and go, "Hey, graphics don't matter. Power doesn't matter. You know, we just want to make a fun toy that you can use at home or as a handheld." I think they will continue to make a Big dark set top box that is incredibly powerful and has awesome exclusives. I would love so much if we got a PS4 portable. Like if we got like a PS4, maybe not even like a, a you know with a screen on it, take it on the go. But you know when we've got this wonderful massive library of PS4 games at the tail end of this console's life cycle, if they were like, hey, you want something to go along with that Switch that you can bring with you, like yep. bring your whole thing on the road, you know, give it like a solid state, like better cooling yeah. or whatever, mm -hmm. and you know maybe it doesn't run everything in 4K, but like. Well, yeah, cool. it, it seems crazy to me, the idea of whether or not backward compatibility is in whatever the PS5 is. To As we're getting to the end of this life cycle, I think we will see things like Last of Us Part II and Death Stranding yeah. bridge that gap like we saw Last of Us 1 and GTA 5. Yep. But the idea to have God of War and Spider-Man and games like that 
stuck on this system for the rest of time would be foolish, especially when there is still so much life in those mm-hmm. games. Mm-hmm. Um, and, we're, and we're seeing the issues with like with future proofing for not even just backwards compatibility, but just like archival purposes. Yeah. Like when sort of the rights to a game evaporate and we're like, oh, well, nobody can play that. It's a See, pain in the ass. And here's the thing, though, and this like I'm going to I'm going to catch hell for this because it's completely anti-consumer, but uh, it's not in their interest to make these systems backwards compatible. Because if you look at this generation, this gener- some of the best-selling games this generation are GTA V, Super Mario, or Mario Kart 8, um, The Last of Us, which, uh, you know, the, I think the stats were that 70% of the people who, who bought a PS4 hadn't played it. And so you have a bunch of people jumping in for the first time. You have a bunch of people double-dipping. And so if all of us here who bought, you know, Red Dead and who bought uh, The Last of Us and Spider-Man and God of War, we get a PlayStation 5, and those games are just there on day one. That's awesome for us, but uh, they can make a whole lot more money doing the opposite of that, which sucks, and I'm not advocating <laughs> for it, but I'm just saying that's what they're probably thinking if they want to run a business. Oh, right? sure. It makes total sense to say, hey, I really want to be able to take my copy of God of War over to the PS5, mm-hmm. or we can charge you 25 bucks, and maybe things will be at a better state where they right. can be like, it's easier across the board to say, you bought this game, we're going to give you a discount on replay. I would appreciate that. Like, if there was sort of... Um, I don't know, some way to even, I, I know Nintendo with the Wii U made its thing where if you bought virtual console games for a dollar, you could upgrade them to the Wii U version. They didn't really add anything significant, but it was there. Um, Voodoo, was it, which- the, the ambassador program with the 3DS? That was the 3DS. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. basically an apology certificate for anybody who was an early adopter. Yeah. Um, there's Voodoo, which is a movie streaming platform that lets you effectively scan the barcodes of your physical media and pay a nominal fee and get digital versions of them unlocked in, you know, for your library, for movies anywhere and stuff like that. I think all of those things are great. They're they're they really incentivize just being loyal to that platform. I think my my question really comes in with how do you iterate on that controller? What comes and goes, right? I th- I would have to say that you know the the touchpad will probably disappear. Um, I don't really think it's been effectively utilized. What happens with PSVR? You know, you mentioned the Vita or basically mm-hmm. handheld stuff. What parts of that that hardware lineage goes along with them? Do they redesign the PlayStation Eye camera? Like, do they? Oculus just launched a the Quest a, is coming, which is cordless, yeah, a yeah. completely cordless VR solution. Yeah. And um, you know, we've been playing more VR stuff recently because there's yeah. been some really awesome stuff, Astrobot and and others. Um, that's still sort of a, a mess of snakes when you yeah. pull it out. So I'd like, to, I'd like to see all of that get better and better and better and come along for the ride. Yeah, I'm very curious to see how they improve. I think it will be sort of an improvement generation of refining what we have now and just making it better overall. Yeah. Quality of life stuff, user experience and yeah, everything. That seems, that seems smart. I mean, they've, they've come really far and they don't want to, the whole, if you build a good infrastructure for games, the, you'll get good games on your system. Yeah. And then people will buy your system to play games on it because that's what it's for. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of good games, uh, we don't know exactly what will be on this new system, but we can begin to speculate because that is what we do best here. Uh, and so Barrett, our producer, and I have put together a list of games that we think could be possible launch titles on PS5. And so I want to get a sense from both of you guys from this list or anything else, how likely you think some of these games might be as launch titles for or near, let's say, launch window, because that's such a popular phrase now, of the PS5. Uh, the first one that we put down, Horizon 1 Dawn, a.k.a. Horizon Zero Dawn sequel. Mm-mm. They're going to do something bad with that title. It's it going to be Horizon Zero Noon. Oh boy, I don't like that either. <laughs> well, Zero Dawn is the is the subtitle, right? Is Horizon the name of the? Well, so there was that weird confusion thing where pre-launch there was no co- there was a colon and then they got rid of the colon. Right. So the title is just Horizon Zero Dawn. 
Okay, so if they made a sequel, Horizon. they have to carry all three of those words and then Possibly. add new ones? Yeah. Horizon Zero Dawn 2. <laughs> or Horizon Zero, like, 8.30 a.m. It's um, time to wake up. Horizon think, Zero Dark 30. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a this is an in- incredibly smart prediction here. And I think that th- this is probably the one that will be most likely to come closest to that system's launch. Um, that said, Horizon's been completed for a couple of years now, and so they have to be working on something. And Gorilla is one of the most talented studios in the world that I went from being like, they make pretty cool games, to being like, I, I'm in love with whatever they make forever because they are on a whole new level now. Um, we haven't heard from them in a while, and we don't know. We know their engine's being used for Death Stranding, but that's not them working on something. <laughs> that's them helping. Yeah. No, this so. seems like a, a very safe bet. And it's like they're clearly you know, positioning Aloy as like this is a, a PlayStation mascot. This yeah. is a... You know, this is now someone part of our stable. And uh, yeah. I think seeing how successful Horizon was too, the, it will li- largely depend on, I think, when the PS5 actually comes out. Yeah. When this will release in relation to it. But I think it's. What do you, th- what do you think that game could do differently? Because that game was like so, like, just firing on all cylinders technically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was also at the same time, like, it, it I'd say it's, it's sort of its big revolutionary thing, aside from doing so much, was like the big sort of dinosaur fights. And yeah. Like the, you know, chipping pieces off of them off. But the rest of it was like, you know, it had mechanics that were similar to something like Tomb Raider or just, I don't know, a little bit of Zelda. Like, it was I, just. I would suggest like a sort of more geographically diverse landscape, but I don't know if you can get more than that. That game was basically Super Mario World. Like, there was a fire mm-hmm. zone, there was an ice zone. Like, you and then know. they had like ice DLC. Yeah. yeah. Like, they yeah. kind of. they. They did a lot there. I don't. I feel like they almost, you know, shot themselves in the foot by having like too kind much. Too soon. I, I think in a world where that game released on the same week or the same time frame, essentially as Breath of the Wild, <laughs> and then both of their DLCs came out at the same time. Yeah, I, like the, it was this weird back and forth between the two of them. I think there are things that, was that an can awesome be awesome month. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was pretty. I think they can do stuff to improve the traversal. Some of the like there was Assassin's Creed parkour in there, but only very limited. Right. I think if they want that world to be more discoverable and more certain in general, I think they can improve a lot there. I, I totally I think, agree. There's a lot of, um, in, in, yeah, playing Breath of the Wild after that was weird because there was, that is again, they let you climb everywhere. Yeah. Um, and Horizon didn't. It had very specific areas where you could do that and then other areas where you kind of had to like glitch your way up a, a wall or a mountain. <laughs> yeah. I found I found myself a, a lot of times sort of just like, just like parrying up the side of a, of a, of a like a rock face and being like I, I got to the top but I don't think I was supposed to do that. So you had yeah. like there was taming in that but mm-hmm. I wonder if they'll do like kind of like here's your dedicated you know robot dinosaur companion or whatever like maybe give it maybe some some new creature that's like your ally that's your I mean unlocking like a, a rideable robot pterodactyl would be awesome yeah it wasn't really a lot of like aerial combat or anything that's something you could throw into that game and you fought enemies like that but you couldn't really mm-hmm. take control yeah, of them. going aerial seems like a pretty good direction yep. for that yeah um, that or underwater it's a good direction mm-hmm. underwater uh, could be yeah speaking of cool. a couple other sequels things that we could expect from ps4 uh in insomniac to some spider-man 5 Wow, yeah, yeah, I did. It's, it's been a long day, folks. It's, it's uh, been a long generation. <laughs> yeah, it has, and we'll soon be at the new one. Uh, <laughs> Spider-Man 2 and or Ratchet & Clank 2. Ratchet & Clank 1, the reimagining, came out 2016. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man's obviously been this year. Ratchet & Clank was very good. Yes. I don't want to see anything but Spider-Man 2 from them right now. I want to <laughs> see Spider-Man 2 as soon as possible. Get me Spider-Man! Uh-huh. You know, so like that newspaper guy. I have a feeling there's, there's room for both. Um, I don't know if there currently is, but I think that when your game sells 3.3 million units in less than a month, you can ramp up your studio a little bit. And uh, I'm hoping they get, they're get they doing some hiring over there and maybe splitting some teams apart. And some 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 people are working on Ratchet & Clank 2, but 
I'm I'm with Max. I I want them. I want more Spider Man. I mean, that is just. I don't. I don't know where you go with the second one. I mean, we've we've theorized in the show what we want. You know, from everything from crossovers from our other comics to Maximum Carnage or whatever. Um, yeah, there's 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 tons to work with there. I think that would be a, a fantastic launch game. Oh yeah, and I think if not launch, that will probably be a first year title hands mm-hmm, down. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be a great like holiday. Yeah. Following that, um, we talked about this, but they've they've like they built the they laid the groundwork. They yes. built New York. Yeah. That's a pretty huge undertaking in itself. So to like go back and I mean maybe the the processing power of the next gen hardware will be like oh we've got way more people in the streets, just Brooklyn. way more crowds. Yeah, we've added <laughs> that Brooklyn, <too>. yeah. <laughs> Queens. Just I, go nuts. Th- that's the same thing with Horizon and another game that I'm going to actually jump to right now. But the idea that they these Sony first party studios have spent all this time building these worlds now they can do stuff with those worlds rather yeah. than have to worry about the architecture. So I'm going to jump to one of those, God of War 2. When do we think we see that? Do we think at launch or do we think a little further out? I have a feeling I have a feeling that one's a ways off, but I also have a feeling it's it's being plotted and schemed in in Corey's in, in, head in, in Corey's head and, and others right now. Yeah. Uh, again, and it's not just because sales numbers um because, you know, Dumb things sell well all the time, but this is a beloved game. Like this is this is my game of the year currently. This is the kind of game that like really stuck with me. These are really powerful characters. Um, where where their story goes and where it could continue to go um, is so fascinating to me. And also, it's such a fantasy world that you really like. Spider Man's a different one because you're like, oh, we're back in Manhattan. What'd you add? Yeah, you know, like the buildings are taller. There's more people walking around. There's more newspapers on the floor. They added dogs. The, the Second Avenue subway. Yeah, yeah exactly. They finally got that. So that's good. That's yeah. good to know. But it's a great um, New York too. Or you bring you bring them to a different city entirely, which doesn't really fit the character. Yeah, God of War is 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 the fantasy world. You know, you make a right, and you're in a completely different area. And I, there's so many cool places they could take that. I want, I want bigger boss fights, more, yeah. also more cool stuff like, like that. Like Kratos is a is a Sony mascot and has been for a long time. Yep. And this sort of newest iteration managed to make fans out of people who weren't wild about his, you know, younger self, like yeah. like us. Like uh, yes, me too. And it's yeah, and it's it an incredible, phenomenal game that also I I think that it was it it ended. It had like a clear end. Yeah, and that was like a you know wonderful kind of like compact experience and I would love a new story with this character going a new direction you know Um, yeah there's a lot to explore with that world and I'm sure we'll eventually get there on the PS5 not 4 I said Mm -hmm. it right this time Uh, moving on to one that's a little bit of a curveball but I don't think we're going to get Uncharted next from Naughty Dog after The Last of Us Part 2 and obviously I think we'll see a Part 2 re-release on PS5 but what about a new Naughty Dog IP Mm. Do you think that's where they will go next after part two? And I will we see so. that close in the launch window? I, I hope so. PS5? I mean, I, I feel like Uncharted until, um, you know, until like a year ago was was the Nathan Drake story. And that story has been told. Um, and I hope, I wish Uncharted would just mean what the title of that of that game mm-hmm. is, which means it's somebody going to somewhere where they no one's ever been or where people used to be. <laughs> yeah, for for a, a franchise to be predominantly framed like especially named Uncharted, you know, that's that's like that's like beyond. It has this sort of like this endless sort of connotation to it. So there you go. Yeah, it's right, that's, that's it's right there on the wall. Yeah, yeah. it's it's there. It's all over the um, studio. Mm-hmm. But no, like Uncharted is like oh, it's everything out there. So for it to be framed about like one dude and his like eight friends, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like okay, it's. You know, maybe go nuts. You know, yeah. I, I really liked. Um, what was it? Uh, the Lost Legacy. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I was, love that. Yeah. yeah. Now, w- what if we did that with 
brand new characters. Yeah, and I would I, love I mean, to see that. I, I think that like I think Uncharted Four was a little long in the tooth, and you know it kind of wore out its welcome for me. But ultimately, I loved the story they told with Nathan Drake. That world was gorgeous. Um, there's so much, so many cool set pieces in that game. Um, but Lost Legacy was like the first time I was like, oh, Uncharted can be like pretty much any character doing this this type of adventure. So I would love to see that. Uh, gonna go through the next few a little quickly, but uh, trio of Last of Us Part Two, Death Stranding, Ghost of Tsushima, essentially the games that we know about from PlayStation but don't have release dates. Right. Do you think those will be launch window-ish sort of re-releases or even just move to PS5 at all? Very safe bet. Yeah. I mean, I think that, yeah. I mean, it, how close those games come out to that being, you know, the... Yeah. Yeah, like I feel like we're it's, it's very likely that there will be six months, maybe less, between the release of at least one of these games and the PS5 coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I agree. I think Death Stranding of those three is the one most likely to get kicked to launch window of PS5. Um, Last of Us 2, I imagine, will definitely happen on PS4. I feel like it's, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it's, it's just something it feels like they locked into. It's also like they have, like, there's no one really checking on Kojima to be like, are you ready? Are you done? Like he's he's making art, which is awesome, but like he doesn't have not like not I'm saying he should, but th- there's no Konami above him being like put the game out. It's due quarter I four. I think there's more of that than we think. You think so? I think so. Also, the fact that Mark Cerny's working closely with him, and that's the dude who architected the PS4. Yeah. I think that maybe there's some stuff under the hood with Death Stranding we don't fully know about yet. Totally. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's talked a lot about sort of how he wants to like he. Th- there's no name for the genre that this is. I think that there's something again. I'm one of those people. I've got my theories about <laughs> Death Stranding. I think that it does some stuff that's like that plays with how we play video games, mm-hmm. you know. And I think there's going to be some something to call it multiplayer. I feel like would be almost like a disservice, but it's got something there that maybe could have new bells and whistles if it was on a new platform. Yeah, makes sense. I yeah, I think there's a lot there, especially given the rollout of information or lack thereof about the game. I think there's a lot to surprise us there. Uh, two more I'm going to end with, Bloodborne 2. Yes. I think everyone has wanted for forever. Are we going to see that on PS5? Maybe not at launch, but are we going to see the PS5? No. No? No. Ooh. I don't think we'll ever see Bloodborne 2. I really don't. I think we'll, we'll maybe... So, you're so sad. <laughs> no, really. Um, <laughs> you look so upset. Well... Well, okay, I'll put it this way. If I tell myself we will, then I'll be disappointed until I'm dead. What if they call it Super Bloodborne? Great. Sold. No, uh, I would love... Bloodborne. I would love like an an actual definitive remaster of that game because that's a game that never even got a pro patch. And it's like... It's a little, it's a little rough around the edges when you play on on a pro. Uh, I still think it's one of the most beautiful games of all time. It's one of my favorite games ever made. Yeah, um, I mean, if you took that game and you kicked in HDR and uh, you know filed down the rough edges, yeah, not not yeah. too much because there's a lot of good rough edges in there. Yeah, and then, that's the thing. I actually, I do love yeah. the rough edges. Like, I love how ratty those dogs look. And those, if they, dude, if they nip the load times in that game, that would be such an incredible. Like, it already is an incredible game. That's all you need to do for yeah. re-release for that game, and I feel like everyone would just buy it. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, we saw Dark Souls remastered this year, so there's a chance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that hope. I think narratively it doesn't make any sense to do a sequel, uh, but I just I want more I want more souls in in that horror realm kind yeah. of stuff. That's just perfect. Uh, last but not least, a game that has a release date, but who knows? Release dates are fake all the time. Ha ha ha! Please help me. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts Three is that going to be a PS Five launch title? You is skip, it just going to get Knack Three? Oh, I know. I, we were I was rushing for time a little bit. You got, <laughs> you, if we can spend ten more minutes on Knack Three, if you want. Kingdom Hearts Three. Yes. There's yeah. no there's no universe in which they do not re-release this game on the next gen and the next gen after that mm-hmm. because they've spent 
how long developing it? It's been a while. Yeah, they're like, getting their they, money yeah. on that one. Is it was it last week that they announced that they're putting every previous Kingdom Hearts game on a new? We'll get to that, Max. Don't you worry about oh. that. Uh, but before we do, and a few other topics on Beyond, we're going to take a very quick break. We interrupt this program to bring you a brief message from Hims, a new wellness brand for men. Here's a not so fun fact: sixty-six percent of men lose their hair by age thirty-five, and by the time you start to notice hair loss, it's usually too late. It's generally easier to keep the hair that you have than to replace the hair that you've lost, so why not do something about it? 4hems.com is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, sexual wellness, and other stuff like that that might be embarrassing to deal with in person. Luckily, with Hims, there's no waiting rooms, no awkward in-person doctor's visits, and you can save plenty of time by just going to a website. Hims connects you with real doctors and gives you medical-grade solutions to treat hair loss and other possibly embarrassing problems. And this isn't snake oil, pills, or gas station counter supplements either. These are well-known generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair. Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. If this sounds like it would help you out, order now. Our listeners get a trial month of hymns for just five bucks today, right now, while supplies last. See the website for full details, but this would cost hundreds of dollars if you went to the doctor or to a pharmacy. So just go to forhymns.com slash beyond. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash beyond. Once again, that's forhymns.com slash beyond. Thanks for listening, and now back to the show. Boy, what a fun break that was. Anyway, back to the show. So in addition to whatever may be coming to the PlayStation 5, we did find out some more about what's coming to PlayStation VR for your PS4, uh, including, namely, Borderlands 2 is coming to PSVR this year. The game that's been on everything else, right? Yeah, I well, they put it in the uh, the Handsome Collection. Looks mm-hmm. like I have just a lot of papers here. Don't worry about it. Uh, yeah, they had it in... Eh, it's fun. It's just my papers. papers. These are my print, papers. Did you print screenshots? Yeah. Did you print, why did you print it highlighted? That was an accident on my part because it's a I didn't know you could even do that. That's you weird. Highlighted it and then print. Okay. Yeah, uh, screenshots are not my strong suit. But what is, is talking about Borderlands 2 in PlayStation VR, which will be available December 14th, 2018. Uh, it is currently currently available for pre-order. The game, what Borderlands 2 VR was developed by Gearbox Software itself, so this wasn't something they outsourced or anything of that regard. Uh, but you're essentially getting the fully functional game that you'll be playing in VR. That's crazy. Yeah. Also, why this year? Right? There's so much happening this year. This is awesome, but what, maybe just give, give it a few weeks. This is the, right before Christmas break. This looks, uh, this looks kind of great. Yeah. Like, I don't actually, I don't, so I don't actually like Borderlands, <laughs> but like this looks more fun than like it looks like it's arcadey enough, and that I don't know. It's a, it I, it kind of it's kind of appealing to me. It makes sense in VR. So know. do we know sort of how how, how this works? How that like how are they handling movement? How they're like? Do, I, I assume you have the option to just go. F- free reign, right? Yeah, so I don't think they've given all of the information for it. Uh, There won't be, for reference, co-op play. This will only be single player. There goes a lot of people's excitement for that. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) but it will also include the new, uh, of course, BAMF, aka Badass Mega Fun Time System that slows down time temporarily to let players set up their next attack. Uh, obviously to compensate for VR movement. Oh, so VATS. Yep. Uh, it will both use the PlayStation Move and DualShock 4 controllers. So you will have that option to play it. Normally as a game, you would just be sitting on your couch mm-hmm. or if you want to get more involved with it, you can, you can play with controllers. the controllers. Clown nose. Yes. You can play with the, the funny gun? Uh, let's see. The aim? Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, the, the yogurt-covered pretzel? The frame? announcement, I don't have it said down here. It does look like a yogurt-covered pretzel. Or white um, chocolate. Or a giant headphone earpiece. It will have the point and teleport walking method oh. in it. 
Okay. Which is, I think, why that uh, Banff system is included to a mm. lot for the fact that when you're having 30 enemies shoot at you, yes. you can more easily compensate for that. Which explains trailer. why you wouldn't have co-op, because you'd be constantly slowing down each other's worlds. Yes. Yeah. That would not be great. Um, the base game is still essentially the same game. You can play as one of the four standard vault hunters from it. Skill trees have been modified for all four characters to include Banff time upgrades, so this will change all of their skill set somewhat. Uh, the game will be available for $50. And it is currently available for pre-order, and you get a free, or not free, pre-order dynamic PlayStation theme. Oh, cool. Uh, but yeah, in addition to this, Tetris Effect, still launching November 9th, it's now available for pre-order and at a discount. Uh, Sony also announced there is... I can't is, wait for that, by the way. Yeah, yeah that, that's yeah. one of those ones where you're like, Tetris, I can play that on my phone, but it's like, this is Tetris by the guy who did Res, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in addition to that, this is all in celebration sort of of PlayStation VR's second anniversary. Uh, Astrobot is getting a free demo, so if you've heard the hype about the game, which we all love, and there is a review on IGN.com now you can check out, uh, you'll be able to download a free demo available October 16th. Mm -hmm. uh, Firewall Zero Hour is getting DLC. They really need to stay away from the Zero in their game names. I'm just realizing between that and Zero Dawn. Horizon these, Zero These names Hour. feel like... Uh like procedurally generated <laughs> or captures <laughs> or Tom Clancy books. Yeah. Like Childish Gambino. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Megalith is uh, officially launching on January 8th. Use your massive size and powerful abilities to compete against each other, each against other titans, excuse me, for control of the earth. It's a VR hero shooter. Good. I love the earth. Uh, so Great. what if I don't want to, huh? <laughs> then you could just let it die. You don't have to. So right. Yeah, that, that is an option. You just lose the <laughs> that game. That seems like an awful lot of responsibility. No, thank you. I'll sit that one out. <laughs> uh, so I do want to, on the one hand, uh, ask in general about Borderlands. We were talking about it a little bit before. Will either of you at least give it a try? I assume even though you're not a huge fan of Borderlands. Will this... Actually, when I said I was interested at like the top of that segment, I felt my interest just waning as you kept going. <laughs> you're like, there's no co-op. I'm like, oh. And then it's like, oh, and it's you use this the teleport move thing, mm -hmm. and there's vats. And I'm like... It, people people will like it. It's a smart move to take a really like a, a a game that clearly has its its hardcore fan base, and it's like it it they're already you know most of the way there. It's the same kind of deal with like um with uh, with Doom VFR or whatever, yeah. which yeah. is like take you know if you spend all this time building this thing, there's really no harm in retooling it so that it works on a different kind of platform. Totally, uh, you know. So I'm it's cool. I, I think people are gonna probably balk at the fifty dollar price tag, given that that's a game that came out last generation. Yeah, mm -hmm. theory. I, um, yeah, I think Max and I have we coined a term a couple of years ago on Up at Noon called the uh, cone of excitement, which effectively <laughs> is a large upside down pyramid or an ice cream cone. And it starts with very exciting things at the top. And the more you learn about it, the more it whittles down into something that's very tiny and kind of like the bottom of the cone that has some melted ice cream. I actually milk. love the bottom of the ice cream cone. I think it's I like great. when That's they put chocolate part. down there. Yeah. That's very nice. Ooh, Isn't that yeah. a nice gift? It's yeah. like the uh, the Nestle King out. cone. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, with like Those the nuts on top. Yeah. You guys want to go get end. drumsticks after this? I yeah. would love a good drumstick. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, Borderlands 2 <laughs> yeah. in VR. No, like yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it sort of cones down. But uh, I think that if you're interested in this game uh, and you're interested in PSVR, it'll be fun if you're you leave the expectations of playing with, with co-op. So I'm excited to try it for the fact I was weird with Borderlands. I played one and two all the way to the end solo. Mm -hmm. I have never played those games co-op because they were really great. One, I had very few friends. And two, they were really great as um, like podcast 
time. Yeah. Like I wanted something to play and they're just perfect for that. Yep. You, uh, you can pause if you need to, to hear some of the jokes, but otherwise you can just keep going. So I'm excited to try that, especially with VR being somewhat of that isolating experience. I think it's also a great, it's a great move um, looking at the graphics of these games because mm -hmm. uh, like a lot of other first person shooters strive to be as realistic as possible. That's effectively what that genre is always doing. If you look at every first person shooter made by a AAA studio, they are constantly trying to make their games as realistic as possible. Borderlands obviously went completely diagonal from that. And so I think playing that in VR, you won't really see the rough edges as much because it is just kind of a goofy, fun, no, hyper-stylized game. It scales really well. Yeah. And I think also just the fact that it's kind of colorful will immediately be like more, uh, you know, more welcoming than if you were like, hey, here's, you know, I don't know, like Call of Duty, like VR or whatever. Yep. They did that. But, you know, like yeah. it, it makes sense. Um, and it's, you know, yeah, I think that also it's, you know, VR stuff typically is like sort of lower fidelity almost, I feel like, or, you know, you see it less, you know, things are more detailed, but a lot of people are like, this looks like a PS2 models, but that's fine. And yeah. like, in this case, it's a it's a last gen game that's been upresed and you know tweaked accordingly. But the fact that it's got solid art direction underneath whatever the graphics are is you know it'll age well. Yeah, it's definitely a nice surprise for the end of the fall and just especially with the other games that PlayStation is coming coming. Excuse me, nice to see them continuing to support PSVR into this year two celebration. Yeah, I feel like it was quiet for a minute there, but it's getting a renaissance right now. Yeah, mm -hmm. there's definitely it's a really great time for VR stuff, and we'll be talking about that a little bit more this week, but also throughout the fall. Uh, moving on to a non VR game that's coming out at the beginning of next. Next year, Resident Evil 2, we got 10 new minutes of Claire gameplay, uh, and we saw a lot more of this game. I So right up front, I have not played the original Resident Evil 2. Uh, I jumped into the series. 4 was the first one I played, and I've played a couple more of the recent ones, including 7. Uh, but we're seeing a lot here that really excites me about the game. I really love the way it's capturing what I always imagined Resident Evil games were intending mm -hmm. to capture, of that just like these, the slow pace, unnerving horror. I'm actually really happy you played four because I feel like a lot of the DNA from that game is getting carried over here, yeah. which is fantastic because um, Resident Evil 2 is effectively a, or was a, a kind of slower paced survival horror game. It was about inventory and item management, but it was also an over the top action movie or as best as you could convey that back in the day. Um, whereas four felt a little more arcadey and a little quicker. Uh, this seems to be meshing both of those worlds, which I think they've struggled with for a very long time. If you look at five and then especially six went completely over the top and then seven became a first person game. Um, this looks awesome. <laughs> I can't wait for this. Yeah. This looks this looks really cool. I, I completely I like I noped out of uh, out of seven because I it was too scary. Like I, I know that's that's like a, a I'll just say it. Like I don't like horror in first person. Yeah. Like there's something about it that's sort of like claustrophobic in a way that isn't fun for me. This looks like the right balance of like yeah, there's things that are scary jumping at you, but it's easier to shoot them in the head. Or it's you know it's more I don't know. There's something there's something more reassuring about being in third person versus first. Yep. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I dabbled in two when I was a kid. Like I remember, you know, playing at my at my friend's house or, you know, hiding behind the couch while he was playing. And like, I've got like some kind of very distant fond memories of it, but like I'm super stoked to just kind of see a whatever reboot, remake, reimagining of it mm -hmm. in, yeah. you know, current, current gen. Yeah. To me, it all comes down to uh, gameplay and that's what hooks me on four. It's what makes me think about, I think about Resident Evil 4 probably once a day. You talk about hear, it yeah. really incessantly. Yeah. You talk well, about it a lot. I do because <laughs> I, I think that honestly it's, um, and a lot of people can't go back to it now because you can't walk and shoot at the same time in that game. It's sort of stop and pop, right? But the way you move around in that game is so quick. The quick turn is so awesome. Um, aiming your laser pointer at different limbs and running up and sort of like action suplexes and all that fun stuff. It's so over the top, but it's also just really, really fun and really solid. It's also got 
Um, damn near perfect pacing until the end. And so I think the big things that are hinging on this game is does the gameplay just feel perfect and is the pacing awesome? Because Resident Evil 4 is not just one of my favorite games because like I played it once or twice. It's one of my favorite games because I can play through it in 10 hours in a couple sittings and then I've done that 20 times. Like it's <laughs> the kind of thing that like yeah. if it was 10 hours longer or 20 hours longer, I was talking about that with uh, Andrew Goldfarb the other day about how I really love Super Mario Odyssey, but I don't think I'll ever play it again because like going back and collecting hundreds of moons sounds daunting. But <laughs> playing a 10-hour you know story-driven game like this uh, is something I'll do a lot. And what I love about Resident Evil is historically and classically they inspire you to play through them multiple times because you unlock costumes, you unlock uh, like hidden weapons that give you you know sort of infinite rockets and stuff like that. They get you to try to play and beat the game in less than three hours or five hours or ten hours or whatever it is. Um, it's what the original RE2 did, and it's what I hope this one does as well. I can't wait for this game. <laughs> I can't wait to see like the goofy costumes, like all the kind of add-on towards the end stuff. Yeah, we're actually already they, starting to see some for this game. Did they um, do that for for Zero or for uh, for Biohazard Seven, whatever the last one, or was it mostly pretty pretty straightforward? Uh, I don't remember because it was first person. Yeah, you can't yeah, really have like a can't have like a suit of armor. In first yeah, person. I mean that was like one of my favorite things about Four is when you beat the game, you unlock. Uh, either like this weird pop star girl outfit for Ashley or she wears a full suit of armor and nobody can pick her up or Leon dresses up like a 1920s gangster. Um, yeah, there's there's so much fun stuff there. Like, you know, Resident Evil 2, I believe when you beat the game, you could play as a giant chunk of tofu. Like, they're just so weird. Yeah, yeah. That's, um, that's the best. That's, you know? Yeah. Like they're they're horror games that occasionally remind you, yeah, we're we're made by like quirky Japanese dudes, and we're having a good time here. And that horror is weird sometimes, man. We get, yeah. we need to have fun sometimes. I agree. Uh, one thing I do want to know, especially from you, Brian, especially as a huge Resident Evil Four fan and someone who's looking forward to RE Two so much, do you think there's a world where RE Two can surpass RE Four? Oh, man, I hope so. The, the thing is with RE4 for me is so much of it is hinged on nostalgia. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember the first time I got the, the demo for GameCube, um, which was on a disc back then. I played through it like 100 times, and the first time I heard that chainsaw guy revving in, in that first town, mm -hmm. and he chopped my head off, and it was just, I screamed at my television. Like, that's that's what I'm looking for here. I hope there's something that thrilling and that that fun. And again, like I said, if you can make the game so it, I want to replay it a bunch of times and just the game feel is there, the aiming, the quick turn, just sh you know, snappy, fast, sharp movements, all that stuff. I hope that's there. Um, so yeah, keeping hope alive. There's a world. It's yeah. okay if it's not as good as one of my top three favorite games. I was gonna say you'll be okay with that. Yeah. If this this seems like a very a very safe bet. Like this, based on how the last one went over, it seems like. Capcom is like steadily kind of getting back on track mm -hmm. in the series. Yeah, it's nice to see that renaissance for something that I think a lot of fans did feel had gone so off the rails. Yeah. And it's interesting to see that within the context of you're seeing how these new takes on Resident Evil 7 and 2 are juxtaposed against, say, like Fallout 76 right yeah. now. And we're seeing these beloved long-storied franchises trying something new or digging back into their past to try out an experiment. Yeah, and you know, sometimes it works and sometimes it loses you and it's tough. It's it's tough to be a Resident Evil fan, man. Like, I've been there since the start, and there was some weird turns. Like, there was that, you know, first that first-person shooter, and then there was, like, um, a, a bunch of, like, sort of on-rails light gun games for the Wii, and, you know, there's the Game Boy version and some DS ports and stuff like that. And there's so many Resident Evil games. There's so many <laughs> Resident Evil games. And 7, even, like, the reason I brought up pacing for, for the 2 remake, um, why that, that's so important, be, is because not a lot of people talk about the fact that 7 
kind of collapses by the end. Like that is a game that is so strong. And then the last two or three hours, once you get to like the boat section and after that, uh, pretty much falls apart. Um, I've never finished just because I've heard that so much. Yeah. I, I got up to the boat and I'm like, I have too many other games to play and I hear this isn't great. So let me step back. It's kind of like that show Dexter where you could just imagine it ends at season four or yeah. whatever. And you're like, that's it. That'll work out. You know, the whole point of the story was to find the boat and yeah. you found it. The end. Credits I had a roll. great time. Yeah. yeah. When you're uh, in a house, find the boat. <laughs> <laughs> we still have a few months to go before Resident Evil 2 comes out. But yeah, even as someone who is only occasionally excited by the RE franchise, I think this looks like a really awesome entry and it's so nice to have it early in the year. Yep. They got great jackets in those games. Yeah. They really do. Good really jackets. good jackets. Yeah, fashion is important in games. We don't mm -hmm. talk about it enough. But we're not going to talk about it right now, unfortunately. We are going to talk about, very briefly, the drop, the games that are coming out this week, provided wonderfully by the PlayStation blog every week. Uh, of course, the big release this Friday, Call of Duty Black Ops 4. We haven't gone hands-on with that game quite yet in the full release version. We will have plenty of content on IGN for you about Black Ops 4, so fear not in the coming days. Uh, in addition to that, things like Disgaea 1 Complete are coming out as this well. Disgaea right here. Disgaea. 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 If you like Disgaea, you probably hate that joke. Yeah. yeah. And if I'll, you like it, you'll also love this friggin' guy right here. <laughs> I spent four days in New York. No one said that once. I was I'm walking here. Yeah. I, I may have shouted that at someone just I to get a reaction. I witnessed one of those. Yeah. Out, yeah. It's pretty bad. Uh, Mark of the Ninja Remastered is also out this week. That was a great XBLA game mm -hmm. from the 360 generation. If you haven't played it, I highly recommend it. Haven't tried the remastered version just yet. Uh, and also this week, speaking of PSVR, there's Home Sweet Home and also Evasion. Uh, I got to play a little bit of Evasion. Have you played any of it, Brian? No, no, no. Um, so Evasion is a first-person shooter. There are a few different movement options in it. It's essentially the enemies that you're fighting are all bug-based. So they move a lot in sort of, I think it's used a lot in VR, but like this bug-like group pattern, very Galaga-like old-school shooter. It just happens That's to be awesome. a VR game. Uh, so you can pick up on the habits of those creatures while you're fighting through. I only played one or two levels of it, so I can't speak to the whole experience if it gets uh, sort of a bit too repetitive or anything because the levels I played largely were fun shooting galleries on this space planet. Uh, but there is co-op that you can do, and there are different classes, so you're able to mix and match abilities and everything. Uh, what was really fun about, at least the control of this game again can't speak to the full thing but while you're shooting you essentially weaken your enemies to a certain point and if you're watching the video version you may see some of it in the footage there is a sort of yellow uh pickup that will come towards you you can get that pickup before killing them by essentially tethering your gun to them and then you whip the power up out of them killing them in the process wow that and so very, I, uh what is it bullet storm yeah yes. yeah it's, it's definitely a bit like bullet storm and you it's just really satisfying especially when you're using the aim controller because you have that gun in your hand and then you just whip it back and the power up comes to you as you do that so it was a neat little movement thing i again i don't know if the full experience will hold up necessarily i've seen some people like it some people have some middling criticism of it, but at least there's some really cool movement stuff going on there. They've also tried a bit. I got to speak to the devs in terms of movement wise, the person handling a lot of the VR movement gets motion sickness. Huh. So their baseline was like, can I play this game in VR? And so they have a few different uh, movement modes. They obviously have the quick quick step teleport sort of thing. You can just move naturally. They also have a thing that puts blinders around the screen. Oh, cool. So as you're moving, essentially the outside to the screen go dark so that you have a bit seems like a very considerate game yes I, yeah. I appreciate how much of a video game video game this is yes you know? yeah. it's, this, this feels like a natural progression of stuff that was like in arcades in the 80s and 90s absolutely it, it's not trying to hide that too it feels very much like yeah go through this level try to kill as many guys you eventually will get to a place and it's like 
uh, save these three beacons by taking on the 50 enemies that come at you. Mm. And so it is very wave-based. You're just going to be shooting at a lot of guys, and I think that'll really determine the longevity of the experience for you. But uh, playing for at least two levels, I had a lot of fun with it. Cool. Uh, and it's very cool to see, like we were saying, a lot of continued VR support throughout yep. mm -hmm. uh, these fall months. No, anybody grabbing a PSVR headset at this point, like they're falling into a huge pile of games, which yes. is cool. You know, and it's a lot of them have demo, demos and they can't see. Yeah. Be careful about those cables. You might you might trip and injure yourself. Seriously, it's really hard to get those cables across my living room apartment. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, moving on from what's coming out this week, uh, coming out next month, apparently for PlayStation Plus. I want to touch on this very briefly before uh, Max will be gone for a couple of weeks. So we need to make sure he can get some time and talk about this. Let me talk uh, about this real quick. Yeah, a couple of PlayStation Plus November games were revealed extremely early, accidentally on Sony's website. The official PlayStation Plus page noted that, assumedly, the PS4 two entries will be Bulletstorm Full Clip Edition. And Yakuza Kawama. This is a Max Scoville last month. This yeah. is like a goddamn birthday present to me. This kicks ass. Okay, first of all, okay, Duke Nukem. First of all, Duke Nukem's in Bulletstorm. I haven't. I played like a demo of Bulletstorm when it first came out. Um, I I want to get just day drunk and play that Duke Nukem stuff because I know that it is like a, just it's going to be a hot trash and a good time. On the other hand, Yakuza Kiwami, you don't have an excuse to not play that game. Play that game. Play Yakuza Kiwami, for the love of God. Should that be my first Yakuza game? Yes, it's totally fine to start there. Some weird pedantic Yakuza fans will point out that Zero is a better starting point. They're incorrect. I disagree. You can play either first. But the good news is, if you play Yakuza Kiwami and you enjoy it, you can play its immediate successor, Yakuza Kiwami 2, which is a completely updated brand new game on the new engine, and it's a ton of fun. I highly recommend that one as well, if you enjoy the characters and situations introduced in Yakuza Kiwami. It's a goddamn good time. But Max, how much will it cost to get into Yakuza Kiwami this November? It's only free. It's on PlayStation <gasps> Plus. Just download the game. Just play it. Just beat the crap out of these guys. Just go nuts. Use but Max, combos. PlayStation Plus isn't free. What should I do? I don't, just, I don't know, man. So you're supposed to say, steal $60 steal, from Yeah, go out in the street, beat the crap out of some street punks with a parking cone don't, and a bicycle. Don't go do that. use violence to solve your problems. No, we do not advocate beat that the, here. Oh, no. Beat the crap out of these guys. No, but uh, seriously, if you got PlayStation Plus and um, you haven't played Yakuza game, just grab this one. Give it a shot. It is the series consistently hooks people in ways that they don't expect. I keep recommending it to everybody. Uh, I've been, you know, I just wouldn't shut up about it for months. You're still, you're still on the on the road. Because no one will tell me which game to start. with. I told you, play Kawami. And then I've everybody been there else too, the comments said zero. You can play it. <clears throat> Everyone in the comments, yeah, they say zero. Uh, okay, I'm going to start with Kiwami. Start with yeah. Kiwami. If you, if, you, if you like it, you can basically go forward or backwards. You can immediately jump into, into zero, which is like a lot of the same stuff, but bigger. Or you can jump you know, forward to Kiwami 2 and play that. Um, but no, I'm, I'm super stoked about this. I'm actually, I'm going to be gone for most of the rest of the month because I'm going to be on my honeymoon in Japan, visiting the streets of uh, Kamurocho Don't and Sotobori. Don't get uh, I'm gonna beat the crap out of people with bicycles. It's gonna be great. I'm just gonna hit the. I'm not gonna do. We that. would like no. you to come back. No, there will be no violence. That. Yeah. Uh, yeah. After speaking about the game so much on the show, I have consistently been like, I really need to check that out. Like every few weeks, and now finally, I have no excuse. Yeah. After everything in November comes out, and I play that too. I mean, it's it's a cool. It's a you know even if you just kind of hoard it and like it's like a totally non-committal thing to just download it to your library and just have it there, and then yep. on yeah. some rainy Sunday afternoon, be like, maybe I should find out the joys of beating a man with a bicycle and then playstation sends you that email that says thanks for your purchase and you get worried but it's not a purchase it's zero dollars and zero cents funds have been it. added to your wallet zero dollars <laughs> zero cents has been added to your wallet that's Weird. i i want that changed on playstation 5 that's what we should we're yeah proud to okay. announce we no longer send you receipts 
for free games. <laughs> Honestly, day one purchase for me. Yeah. Uh, much like Max has an obvious enthusiasm for the Yakuza franchise, you may have heard I have a bit of enthusiasm for the Kingdom Hearts franchise. And so, amazingly, I really thought I would have to stretch. There is more news this week for me to do a Kingdom Hearts one minute. All right. A weekly one, minute of Kingdom Hearts news. One minute of Mickey. Oh, boy. The Let Mickey Minute. All right. We got one minute on the clock. Can you? Take it away. Three, two, go. So, have you been wondering where to start with the Kingdom Hearts franchise? Well, good news. Later this month, I think later this month, is coming Kingdom Hearts The Story So Far, as you can see uh, helpfully on the video version of this show. What the f uh, if you were wondering what to do about Kingdom Hearts and you're a PlayStation 4 player and you haven't bought 1.5 and 2.5, because that sounds weird, and why would I buy 2.8 if I haven't even bought 1.5? Where's 1? I don't know what's happening. Good news. You can buy all of them together at once. Yes, that's right. Kingdom Hearts The Story So Far combines all all of the games and the games that were turned into just basically cutscene compilations in one package, you will have no excuse to be like, where do I start with Kingdom Hearts? It's literally just going to be all there in this one thing. How many just games? Buy it. Uh, I believe if you include like the uh, compilation cutscenes, it's like nine games or so. Name them. <laughs> all right. Kingdom Hearts 1 Final Mix. Kingdom Hearts Re-Chain of Memories. Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix. Kingdom Hearts Recoded. That's cutscenes. Kingdom Hearts 358 Over Two Days. That's cutscenes. Kingdom Hearts... Two final mix. Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep. I also think it's the final mix version. I could be wrong. Who knows? A lot and that's the time. That's You'll the clock. That's it. That's all the time we have for Kingdom Hearts. There's clock. nine games You'll in never there? know what else is on the compilation. So, how? <laughs> for Good reference. Uh, you can finish. You can yes. finish. Uh, though, the, obviously, this is a PlayStation show. Kingdom Hearts 3 is coming to Xbox One and PS4. This compilation is only coming to PS4. It is not coming to P uh, Xbox One. Yeah. Man. So if you are an Xbox owner and you've never owned any of the systems these other games have been on, you're going to be jumping in. How will they ever catch up with everything? The Kingdom Hearts story so far by a PlayStation 4. It's probably going to be on sale this yep. holiday. So I yeah. got to ask, uh, how how long do you think that would take to play all those games, all nine games? Well, so especially if you are like on a time crunch and you don't want to watch the cutscene compilations and you don't want to do uh, some of the smaller side games. No, I I'm think sorry, if you sat down and you played those start to finish and, oh you, and you didn't skip the cutscenes and you really just... The 14th. Mm -hmm. so you have at least over 100 hours. Good at God. All right. yeah, I was I was How sick would you be? I was expecting more. That uh, seems like kind of light on content, it, if you ask me. Honestly. It depends if you're rushing through. Yeah, there's a lot of. I, I think you could play through like mainline the Kingdom Hearts 1, 2, Birth by Sleep, and a couple of the other main games, probably in about 20 to 30 hours each. Um, and then each of the other games could take you anywhere from 15 to 30. So. That'll adjust it. You're probably looking at least at 150. I was going to say, that's about, a lot more yeah. than 100. Yeah, I, I don't know how numbers work. I'm that's, so like, I'm, that's like 300 hours. I'm so happy you like Kingdom Hearts because it means that I don't have to. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, now I'll have no excuse to play Yakuza if only Kingdom Hearts were free on okay, PS Okay, fine. Plus. I will check yes! out Kingdom Hearts, sort of. I'll play like the, the Toy Got Story it. level. Oh, I'll take that. Yeah, is, okay. that is that okay? Yeah, it's a fun level. I played a bit right? of it before. Uh, As for me, I, I, I won't. That's fair. <laughs> I, I wouldn't expect anything else. <laughs> I will not. <laughs> not gonna, I'm not going to do that. <sighs> well, I'll, I'll play the, the Yakuza Kuwami, though. That yeah, sounds like fine. a good time. I got 50% of you with that, so that's fine. I'll Can you beat it. up people with a parking cone in Kingdom Hearts? It's all big TBD. Keys. Who knows what's in Kingdom Hearts? Or is it just big keys? You got big keys, yeah. Don't say that. Big keys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say that phrase anymore. What I am going to say is we're moving on to a quick segment of Rapid Fire, where right. we answer questions from the Beyond Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash groups slash podcast beyond. Uh, if you haven't joined that wonderful group of people, please do. And you can ask questions every week, of course, about this show. The first question that we have from Steve Barron, ribs or wings? 
Wings. 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 Yeah. yeah. Ribs, ribs are great, but like that's that's like uh, if you got to pick one, you can do way more with. You can there's way more variety from wings, and yeah. also ribs are like they're like a sometimes treat. I had <laughs> ribs. I had ribs for dinner last night because I went to Costco, and when you go to that like the weird rotisserie hut they have by the meat section in Costco, there's rotisserie chickens, and then there's ribs, and then like there's seventy rotisserie chickens, and they sell like fourteen a second, and there's like <laughs> six things of ribs, and no one really buys them. Yeah. And last night I bought them, and I asked my wife, I'm like, do you want some of these? And she's like, no. And so I just cut half a rack of ribs, and I like put it in the oven for a few minutes, and I took it out, and I just had this large sheet of bones and fat <laughs> and i just started gnawing on it like an old wolf and i was like hey uh the next time i go to get these tell me to stop <laughs> the thing about the thing about ribs is that you have to floss afterwards yeah no matter what yeah and you're a you only you only sometimes get like chicken wings stuck in your mm -hmm. teeth but mm -hmm. like ribs that's not even that is a that is a part of the deal when, when you get those great fall off the bone ribs that's Ooh, amazing you yeah. know the ones where you like you walk by them and they're like oh heavens and they collapse oh dear those are that, the best that's the exception not the rule though yep. my girlfriend and i ordered wings three nights in a row two weekends ago that's a good that's a damn good time yeah it was pretty great uh because we found some really good honey mustard wings speaking and, of costco i've been in a month long or two month long battle with my wife because they only sell chicken wings there in like a in a in a bag that would be described as what they use to fill lawn leaves <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's enough wings to kill a, a party of people and uh she won't let me buy it because it'll take up a whole freezer and I keep trying to get it. And one day I'm going to drive there in the night by myself <laughs> and fill our whole freezer with chicken wings. I got like an idea. Crazy man. You should buy it. I can keep it in my freezer. And I can bring, I love you, I can bring you bags of wings every day. We'll, we'll invite Greg Miller over. He can, he can do that thing where he, he sucks on the wing. It's amazing magic, that man. It's magic. It's creepy, but yep. it's magic. It's creepy magic. Uh, Nick Jackson asked, going back to Resident Evil 2, if I was scared by RE2 the first time around, am I likely to feel the same or worse with this updated version? Having not played the first version, I'm going to say yeah. I don't know. I mean, you were probably a big baby back then. That was a long That's time true. ago. Maybe, Maybe he was a baby. Were yeah. you, are you still 12? Like, I don't... Yeah. I was if like, you are... Can science study you? Because that's amazing. That's You've a been pretty impressive. For a long time. It's not even a Benjamin Button case. That's no. A, that would be a Nick Jackson case. That would be very good for him. Yeah. Nick Jackson, the person who asked the question. Mm -hmm. His own case. Oh, yeah, okay. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird seeing, because this is a Facebook thing that's just like printed out, but I don't know if this is the Nick Jackson that I know or a different one, but if this is the Nick Jackson that I know, hey, Nick. It's an incredibly rare combination of names, too. Yeah. No one has either of them at all. It's no one named Nick. Ryan Conrad asks, what is the dream remake game from a Sony platform where they can remake it but change it up like Capcom with sort of the RE2 treatment? Oh, um... Ape oh game. Metal Gear Solid. Oh. I was going to say Metal Gear Solid Five. <laughs> like, it'd be cool to see that game end. And to, also... To finish it? Yeah. 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 That'd be interesting. I mean, I think taking that engine and remaking the first, or the original Metal Gear, throwing that on there... Um, or Metal Gear Solid, like either one. Mm -hmm. Ape Escape would be good. I want hyper-realistic apes. We've talked about this Ooh, before. Yeah. Uh, there's that, that, that there's that ape. It's so unsettling. There's that that chimpanzee that escaped from the zoo in, yep. in Japan. And the, yeah, what's and his it, name again? <laughs> what is it? Cham Cham like, or whatever. <laughs> Sandy or something? Cham <laughs> Cham or Sandy? It's freaking it's not, ape. He got them. loose and he just ran around and went up in the phone poles and they had like a bunch of guys with hats came out trying that to catch him. That was horrible. It's so some weird. of the most ridiculously and unsettling, just and unsettling photos. That's There's all these games out there about like catching animals, but they're always like fake animals. Yeah. You know, they're always like very, or else you just kill them. I want like a survival horror game that is just a completely like deadpan, realistic game about being animal control. I want, <laughs> I, I, Let's oh, one up God. that. I want realistic monkey ball. 
where you put, in a, you put a live, not a real live one, but in a, <laughs> it's a an live, FMV game. a real video game chimpanzee in a giant sphere and roll him down a hill. Imagine those worlds that. being like crazy HD, realistic environments. Oh, That's I want. Yeah. I want yeah. that for like everywhere. Like, give me like a like a hyper realistic like Crash Bandicoot or Ape Escape. Mm-hmm. Sonic the Hedgehog, I feel like, would be too slow. But you know, just yeah. give me or, or the animal like Resident Evil. But you go into a room and it's just it's all it's like a huge mess everywhere. And there's like three raccoons, and you're like, ah, crap! I gotta use the stick to catch them. In just my go head. into this large kitchen and find a bat. Mm-hmm. The bat yeah. is somewhere. You gotta Good use luck. like a tennis racket, yeah. throw a blanket on it, whatever. Yep. Is that a parappa? What was the question? That again? classic PlayStation game, Animal Control. <laughs> uh, moving on, Jorge Arcianega Vargas asks, "Best side quest ever?" Uh, we may have some content going up on IGN similar to that, but do we? Is, maybe. Who knows? Uh, does anyone have anything right off the bat? I played one recently. It's not the best side quest ever, but and this is not spoilers. I know the game is recent, really. Assassin's Creed Odyssey has this. I won't spoil the end of the quest, but the quest begins where this girl is like, "I need to get jewelry." For my friends, can you find me some jewelry? But she mispronounces jewelry, so it's like gooery, which is just, it's like this weird setup where you know something is going to be weird about it. Mm-hmm. And I wish it had been even a little weirder. Like the the end of the side quest is actually sadder than I expected. Oh. But I was really expecting it to just be this dark turn where like her best friend is a demon or like mm-hmm. an Egyptian mummy, and that's how they combined Origins and Odysseys. Um, off the top of my head. Odyssey. Uh the Bloody Baron from Witcher Three, sure. hands down. Uh, the Talking Dog one from Skyrim is pretty good. I think all like the Dark Brotherhood stuff in Skyrim is really good. Uh, it's a long list of them from Yakuza. There's one where you wind up fighting a bunch of dudes dressed uh, like di- like babies in diapers. There's one where there's a horny guy in his underwear. I forget what you have to even do with him. There's numerous ones where you have to bring toilet paper to people who are stuck in the bathroom, mm-hmm. or they have to get them clean underwear because they crap their pants. Recently, there's a great one in God of War where the boy's like, "Hey, there's this guy that can do some magic to bring back mom." And you're like, okay, I'll, we'll give that a shot, but it's going to be bullshit. And then you go and you fight all these people, and this guy shows up, and uh, he tries to bring his wife back, but she turns into a demon and oh, a yeah. killer. Yeah. And then Kratos is like, see, you idiot boy. And he's like, I am. I'm sorry. I really screwed this up. That's a great one. also love the flute boy in Link to the Past. Oh, yeah. And he turns into a tree. It's uh, so terrifying. Barrett saying Mad Hatter in Arkham City. Oh, that's a really good mm, one. Yeah. That's a good one. I think that was one I just stumbled upon randomly. I think that's, I don't know if that how it happens for everyone. I wasn't really on the internet back then, but it's just kind of like, just you accidentally ended up in this really trippy and right, for right, a second. Right. Yeah, that, a lot of the side stuff in Arkham felt like a model to me for that was the thing I wanted superhero games to take away. Mm-hmm. It was like, this is how you can incorporate a lot of villains in a smart way. The Vault and Fallout where everything's like, like peachy everything's like Andy oh, show, yeah. and it's all yeah. like i forget which, which vault number that is but that one's good i think there's vault 75 or someone was doing the math i think it's vault 75 it's just a one with a bunch of like ventriloquist dummies or clowns oh. or something like that like one of them is there's some that are all yeah we did like yeah. we did this video shoot a while ago i think it was when fallout uh four was coming out and it was a bunch of like histories of vaults and it's like they dressed me up as I think I did the narration or something, but it's all these like terrible like sketches where it's like reenacting what happened, and it's they're look they're they're very odd, they're very funny and very very weird. Uh, last question, last but not least, Jacob Meyer asks opinions on the Weezer Africa cover. I that's Jacob, not me. Personally, I'm not a fan. Max, shaking your head. D- that song to begin with, I'm just sort of like, okay, it's fine, it's whatever, it's fine. And the Weezer thing is just like, uh, uh, it's just the song. Yeah. Yeah, nothing crazy. I just, I don't, I'm fine. It's fine. It's fine. If you like it, that's great. It's the it's the pumpkin spice latte of music. Like, I just, <laughs> you can have it. It's cool if it brings you joy. I'm not going to try to ruin that for sure. you, but. Uh, Brian, would you ever do a Weezer Africa cover? A no. cover of Weezer doing a cover of No, Africa, hard no? pass okay. on that. Fair I'm enough. Good. 
Well, I can think of no better way to end the show with that enthralling discussion about mm-hmm. Weezer's Africa. Chicken wings! <laughs> uh, before we go, a very important announcement. Uh, as you may have noticed earlier in the show, we did a tally of votes. We took the votes. Yeah, the votes we, are in. The votes are in. I am officially the host of Beyond. Woo! Yeah. That was uh, th- There was a joke at the beginning, but I am actually officially the host of Beyond Yeah, uh, going forward. And uh, if you don't like it, that sucks. I don't care. We don't care. We don't care. He doesn't care. He doesn't want to read that. Just... Like, I, I care about being hosts. Yeah, I don't get any, no, no, like no, that, that, just be nice about this, please, for the love of God. It's uh, when I took over the show, hosting the show a, a million years ago after you know after Greg, that was miserable. Getting all the people who were like, uh, Greg and Colin were better. Oh, uh, bring Greg back. Where Greg go? Scoville sucks. It's like it's horrible. Like if you don't like it, go pursue something else. There's no shortage of podcasts out there. Jonathan is phenomenal at this. He's mm-hmm. really, really good. Thank you. So please support him. Give him a chance. You know, let him find his footing. Let him work through whatever messy footing there is. But Kingdom like, Hearts began long ago. <laughs> yeah, you're, dude, you're you're lovely to work with, and, and you. you're fantastic at hosting the show. And I think you actually genuinely do have the PlayStation passion. <gasps> and I hope no crappy comments beat that out of you. Personally, I, I think the that. show's gone downhill since Max stopped hosting it, and I think he should take over. But no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Jonathan, you're fantastic at the show. Uh, Thank you. I'm incredibly excited to make the show with you and continue to make the show with you. I think you're a wonderful man and fantastic. Thank you. And uh, you you have great glasses oh. and a good beard. Sweet. That's all they're nice. That's why they uh, accepted me for the glasses. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, thank you both so much. I, um, I've i been listening to Beyond since its first episode. Um, through all the good and bad commenters out there, um, I've really loved listening to the show ever since then, being able to listen to all eras of it. And I right before I was coming to IGN, it was all so much about listening to you guys on the show and mm-hmm. learning from all the wackiness of what you guys were able to put out. And I loved it so much and learned so much from being on this show with you guys. And I can't thank you enough for letting me jump in here and test out this whole hosting thing and actually being able to do it. Um, we love working with you, man. And this is you. like, this is a show that is very near and dear to me. Uh, and it's been a big part of IGN's DNA for a long time. And a lot of great people have been a part of it. And it's a, it's not so much about one or two people or three or four people. It's a dynasty. It's a, it's a baseball team. that's going to go on for decades. And, um, yeah, it's I'm, like the Avengers, you know, yeah. like you pe- characters get swapped in and out, whatever. It's like, we've been, I don't know, we had one sort of lineup for three years and some change. And then, you know, it's time to sort of you know, change the guard a little bit. So. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think we'll still be around. Like, yes. we'll be on it. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. We've been talking a lot about like what the future of the show looks like and what we do. And to me, like, there is no show, especially with me hosting, there is no show without you guys is a huge part of it. And I think we will try, there will be some changes. We'll try some things out. We'll see how they go. There will be much more Kingdom Hearts, obviously. Yeah. Uh, there will what? Be, it'll be two minutes now. Ha <laughs> uh, But <laughs> you're drunk with power. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Finally. Uh, but no, the show will still be, it's very important to me to keep what that dynasty is and mm-hmm. honor that dynasty. And I, so I don't think uh, if you're a fan out there who's listening and hearing this, I don't want you to be like, oh, the show's changing. And it's going to be terrible forever. Ch- change is like, if we, we didn't have change, we'd also be playing PlayStation 1. Like, yeah. things, Can I put you things, on the spot? Yes. Can you rank the top four PlayStation button shapes? Ooh, oh boy. Um, Square is personally at the bottom for me. Okay. Um, but they're at the top of your game developers. <laughs> yes, yes, Got they it. are. Square, or this is uh, worst to best. Square, X. Cross cross excuse me we're gonna boot you yeah that's fair i, I ruined it from day one uh circle that's a good one triangle i really completely agree yes. triangle is triangle's my top. top yep mm. not just because it is the top mechanically on the on the well, control no, if you put a triangle in the middle of anything it, uh, the other things above it will fall so yeah. triangle goes on top like the, the floating pyramid eye on the, back I, of the dollar bill i think i would have swapped mm, good lord what a terrible thing to rank <laughs> 
no, I, I yeah. think the X button's real good. X, X no. is solid. Cross. Yeah. Just, Cross. X. Whatever. It's now the X button on this yeah. era of Beyond. Uh, we don't say that letter here. Fans. That's a Microsoft letter. We say cross. Fair. Uh, well, I'm thank- very cross with both of you now. <laughs> uh, well, thank you guys both so much again for welcoming me into this family of the show and for being here as we embark on many wonderful more episodes. Yeah, yeah let's, let's, let's make some cool shows. We yeah. got some other changes on the way, too. Some some nice things. Some yeah, things. yeah, some more stuff is coming, so look forward to that also, pretty there's soon. there's a pigeon hidden in this, Ooh, <laughs> this episode. Can you spot where it? Where could he That's weird. or she Where's be? This is... Uh, can nope. you find that bird? Don't You'll show me. I don't have the pigeon. <laughs> The pigeon was inside us all along. Uh, No, thank you, of course, so much for listening to episode 562 of Beyond. Remember, Beyond is live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific at beyond.ign.com and then 24 hours later, everywhere you expect to hear it. Thank you all so much for listening. You You can. Oh, oh no, there's, you can find me on Twitter, hopefully not with this bird, at JM Dornbush. Brian, where can people find you? Chicken wings. (laughs) Hereditary 2 in theaters soon. (laughs) Also at Agent Bizzle. And Max, where can people find you? Max Scoville or on the streets of Tokyo. Oh, boy. Anyway, thank you all so much for listening. And as usual, beyond. It's Barrett. He's excited. Beyond. About the bird. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.